0: podcast and today i have a guest sean
1: please introduce yourself hey uh i'm sean kopak uh owner of co-owner of co roast coffee over here in norfolk virginia um been doing it about three years this week actually
0: all right i was about to ask you that um how long has it been alive you know yeah what
1: I'm it's funny enough actually today march 8th is our three-year anniversary um so funny enough yeah three years that's awesome man yeah okay now Tell us what you
0: used to do. What what did you prior to do? Uh,
1: I joined the military at 18 years old, uh, straight out of high school. Um, I joined the U.S. Air Force active duty and did that for about six and a half years and moved uh, from the West Coast over at Travis Air Force Base over there near San Francisco to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, because my twin brother, who is the co-owner, he's been stationed here for about 10 years. Active duty as well, hey, Navy. Yeah, he's active
0: Navy. He's Navy, and you went Air Force. Yep. Okay, That's you're the smart one. I take it since you, went to, you went to the Air Force.
1: Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I think he was more in a hurry than me to get out of there, and uh, so yeah, he he uh, he definitely went Navy.
0: But yeah, if, if you talk to a lot of uh, active duty personnel, they would tell you if they had to do it all over again, they would say Air Force. Yep. Or Coast Guard. Yep. Those are the two. Those are the two. <laughs> Which you know, I can't blame them because they don't. I because when they the reason why they think that I think is because they do a lot of interagency or interwork with each other. So like yeah. I work with Navy, yeah. The Navy looks at us it's like, damn, you guys, you should, yeah. I should have joined the fun and same with though, us right. with uh,
1: yeah with, with especially with the, the career that I had uh, in aviation. We worked a lot with the Army guys, the Air Force. We worked with everyone, uh, Navy and Marine Corps. And uh, you notice know, like the Air Force base down in like um, Fort Bragg. Yeah,
0: yeah, Pope. Yeah. Air Force Base, because I used to be stationed at it. Well, my mom was stationed in the yeah, Army. Yeah. So you can tell the difference <laughs> of how The barracks, the food, oh, everything. Yeah. The quality of life is it's a lot better on the.
1: Always, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I get to hang out with my brother because he's still active for another month, actually, uh, in his 10 year mark. But um, I hang out with him and his crew a lot. And. Uh, yeah, just seeing how they operate versus how we operate is very humbling. Yeah, I agree, man, because I used
0: to think the Coast Guard was shit. Then yeah. I was like,
1: with the Navy, I'm like, God, this Navy is Navy.
0: Yeah. It's a different world Ridiculous, out there. man. I need to shut up about the Coast Guard. Uh, let's be good. <laughs> okay, now, let's get to the topic at hand. Cobros, tell us how you got
1: the name. Uh, Cobros, it's funny enough. Um, so my brother and I were identical twin brothers, um, and we are pretty inseparable growing up, and we were both... Uh, swam competitively throughout middle school into late high school, and um, uh, we were swim team captains. We would always we we're inseparable, and everyone on the teams and around school and stuff they would always refer to us as the Kopac brothers, Copac twins. And if they got to know us well enough, they would just start calling us for short the Cobros. And uh, so when we were coming up with ideas for the coffee shop, uh, it kind of just was very fluid. Kind of came very naturally just to call it Cobros. Okay, now
0: before or pre-tattoo, yeah, did you guys ever swap
1: identity? Whew, uh, we did every once in a while. We do it uh, just to mess around. Like I remember, there was a couple times where um, we'd be at swim meets or something, and I didn't want to swim some. 200 yard backstroke or something and he was better at that than me and so we'd swap events and we got caught (laughs) we actually got a lot of trouble with our coaches and stuff and we never did it in school because we 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 had a lot of friends that were twins that kind of naturally occurs where that's twins kind of uh interact with each other because we all kind of are on the same page and uh we had uh some good friends of ours they swapped for a test in high school and they got caught somehow. I don't even know how they got caught, actually, but it was... some. The teacher caught on somehow, and uh, I think it was later in the year, and she kind of could tell their mannerisms a little bit different, and uh, they ended up getting freaking uh, suspended for two weeks, and the whole... F- I don't those.
0: think you're a true Identity um, Identical
1: twin If you don't attempt that
0: Yeah you gotta you I, know know what what I mean it's like, like I mean, it's, If I had an identical twin <laughs> And I was young Yeah I would try to swap the hook up with the same Life's chair. too short You ever try yeah. to swap a hook up with oh, the same Oh
1: man We've, uh, we've had some, intera- <laughs> some weird Interactions over the years And uh It's funny When I, I wasn't even Living here yet And um I was on leave Visiting my brother And he's a, He's uh a Navy air rescue Swimmer And uh I was dropping him off at his squadron. He's about to go fly. And um, I pull up. I drop him off. And I'm, ta- I'm walking back to the car. And one of his pilots, one of his officers, pulls, like, whips into the parking lot and just starts screaming at me. He's like, go back. What the fuck are you doing in civilian clothes? Like, you got 30 minutes to get on the bird and fly? He's, like, just screaming at me. And I was like, dude, wrong, wrong twin, man. And he could not understand what was happening. And I was like, bro, there's two of us. I am not active-duty Navy at all. Well, he's Navy, so he ain't the brightest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, there's been a couple of occurrences where, where, uh, yeah, we've had run-ins just being twins. It's funny. Okay, what made you decide to open up a coffee shop? That's a long story, but it's a good one. We So we're originally from Orlando, Florida, and um, we started when, as soon as I could drive and got got this piece of shit nissan Sentra from the 90s we would drive to this local coffee shop called austin's coffee in orlando florida and uh it's just a hole in the wall i'm talking tiny like 500 square foot shop barely enough room for 20 people but they're open 365 days a year 24 7 and uh it's 24 7 24 7 bro you could go there at 3 a.m on christmas eve and there's they're working and it's usually just the owner um funny enough his name's sean too actually but uh And we, every single night of the week, seven days a week, at 10 p.m., they would host an open mic night of some sort. Whether it was, uh, they have a hip-hop night where they just have a DJ spinning records and someone goes up and freestyles. They have a comedy night where just open mic... Comedians come in. When there's no alcohol, they're just drinking coffee? Uh, coffee, and they, they had a beer license for a while, so okay. they, they, you could you could drink some beer there, which that was usually what the late-night crew, crew turned into. But, oh, shit, we were 15, 16 years old. We were drinking coffee. a.m. <laughs> 3 3 and, uh, dude, any night of the week, man, it'd be packed out in there, 30, 40 people, honestly. Be, you could barely walk. And uh, uh, it was just really cool. You got to see the entire community come out from all these different walks of life. So whether um, every night of the week, it was a different different crowd, different crowd of people, different unique parts of Orlando, different cultures. And that really resonated with me. And when I moved away from the military, I moved out to the West Coast. All my family's East Coast didn't know a- anybody. And uh, so I was, I started frequenting coffee shops again. And I really started to find friends outside of the military. I started to find um, a lot of respect for the ownership and a lot of people involved in that transitioned into um, kind of finding my place in the community um, was the coffee shop there at in California. And then uh, being an aviator in the Air Force, I was gone 260 days a year every year uh, for years on end. And every time I pull up somewhere, whether that was Tokyo or freaking Sicily, Italy or the Middle East or wherever I was able to get off base, um, I didn't want to go bar hopping too much. Uh, that got old after a couple of years. And so I started hitting these coffee shops and freaking hiroshima japan and brisbane australia and uh getting to see like true community see see how how uh people operated how people did their daily lives um and that really resonated with me and so i was like man i want to do this i want to i think eric and i could bring something unique to a community somewhere and uh fast forward moved or my brother gets stationed out here and uh, Norfolk really didn't have a coffee shop. Um, they had they had one that had kind of just opened, and uh, um, they were still getting the ball rolling. They were still kind of old school, and I saw a lot of really cool shifts in the coffee industry with specialty stuff. And I wanted to bring our own thing to the table, and I saw a market, and that's where we kind of decided to attack. Uh, decided to to open up here because there's there's a lack of that here. How did you become educated in with in like in coffee? Whew. that's another. Uh, a a unique journey um so i i started of course just because i was frequent in these coffee shops all the time i started just asking a lot of questions with these baristas and these owners and i had a lot of a lot of people um show me stuff when they really didn't have to and uh show me how to how to pull espresso how to um do a pour over how to how to really um differentiate coffees and uh even some stuff on the roasting side of the house and then when i got out of the military um uh, i have been like home barista thing for a while, just kind of doing stuff at my house. Um, but uh, I got out, I moved here, and I knew I needed to learn the industry. I knew I, I needed to start from the bottom, kind of figure out how people are doing it in the, just shops and then work my way up. And uh, so I moved out here, just got done with seven, almost seven years aviation in U.S. military and uh, dude, I couldn't get hired anywhere. I was applying to every single place, every local coffee shop I could find, um, even ones here in Virginia Beach, freaking twenty miles away, trying to just get my foot in the door. And uh, even Starbucks, man, Starbucks wouldn't hire me. They're like, you're overqualified, and uh, I, they wouldn't hire you because you were overqualified. Yeah, and uh, and they were just like, what are you doing, dude? You're 26. You're a staff sergeant. Like, why are you? Why do you want to be a barista at Starbucks? And uh, it got to the point where. I remember uh, I went to the... Star- I lived on Granby Street, downtown Norfolk. And uh, I walked into the Starbucks that I applied to twice. I applied to this place twice and they turned turn me down both times. I couldn't even get an interview. And I walked in there and this manager couldn't have been 21 years old. Uh, I literally, like, pulled him aside and I was like, dude, I need a job. I was like, I need to learn coffee. The only way to learn coffee is, like, people want experience. Starbucks is the fastest way to learn customer service quickly. And uh, he told me no. <laughs> and so... I got to a low point, man. I was I was on the GI Bill. I was broke a little bit, and uh, I a new coffee shop had just opened, Equinox Coffee. They're over off a of, uh, 20th Street, in Norfolk, kind of a little hole in the wall, and um, I literally begged the owner. I was like, "Dude, I will scrub your toilets if you Jeez. if you just let me work here." I was like, "I don't even have to get paid. I just need to learn how to do this." And fortunately, uh, his name's Ty Harrell, great great dude. He he mentored me. He took me in, took me under his wing, and really showed me what it takes to open a coffee shop. And uh, I got to do that. That was the two weeks after they'd opened. So I really got to see what opening a new coffee shop was like um, through him. I'm about to say, what do you think are the most
0: important things a coffee shop should have?
1: Uh, Great customer service. You got it. I think that 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 speaks for itself as far as like we talk, my brother and I talk about this a lot and a lot of bartenders I know in the area We talk about this where um, you can have the best sourced ingredients in the world and you can can give someone just a beautiful, delicious drink. And if that's met with poor customer service, someone's never going to come back. Um, yeah, good coffee, but you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather classic, be like, hey, you're a yeah. nice
0: guy, but your coffee's okay. But yeah. because you're cool, yeah. I'll come back and drink okay exactly. coffee. Exactly, versus okay. like if
1: you got – you could have even like a mediocre product. That's not the best, not the, not the worst either. And you're a personable individual and you have great customer service. And that per, the customers are going to come back for that because they – like a coffee shop's a little bit more of an intimate space. And it's a daily interaction. A lot of people become daily coffee drinkers. They're on the way to work. They're picking up a cup of coffee and they want a good experience and they want they want to get to know you on a personal level. And I think that that is huge customer service in a coffee shop is what makes or breaks a lot of people. Do you have background music? Oh yeah, always you got
0: it. Your style or or Do they make their own
1: little? Uh, our requests? style. We we do we do we're un, we're unapologetic about our music choice. Is we're, it we're every day
0: our, the same the same style of music or a different day different mm-hmm.
1: type? Different type. We kind of we go through all j- different genres outside of pretty much like country music honestly because um, that's very niche. But uh, we play a lot of early hip-hop we play a lot of Wu-Tang in there a lot of Gangstar um a lot of Pete Rock Gangstar is my shit dude love Gangstar's it my shit, and uh it fits well man it, it fits uh, like mid-90s rap basically yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of feel. and we're kind of a, a we're a darker themed coffee shop we got dark walls in there gray. everything's gray and uh and we're concrete everything the bar's made out of concrete and uh so I think that that hip-hop kind of it speaks to the shop a little bit and I think it helps us as workers honestly Move a little bit better. That beat just get it, to the it, rhythm. It, yeah, exactly. And it, it's a little fast paced. It's a little, little bit uh harsh. I guess I don't know how to describe that, but it, it kind of keeps us in a work mode. and Keep you on the edge. Yeah, agile, yeah pump out some drinks, man. Yeah. And, then, and uh, it feels because good. you have to because after a while what you're doing is repetitive yeah right? absolutely so you kind of gotta get in that mentality and I mean that's not to say we don't change it up I mean there's days in there where we're listening to the fucking folk music on a rainy day yeah and uh, just change it up a little different bit. moods and, yeah exactly you know what I'm Yeah, you gotta kind of cater to how everyone's feeling that day yeah
0: cause everyone oh, you hear people what's your favorite this and favorite that and yeah. I really I'll, honestly I say it matters my mood yeah because I don't have a favorite of anything. Yeah, exactly. Quite honestly. Yeah, I and
1: I'm, you can't catch me listening to Wu Tang eight hours a day every day. because yeah. that, that gets old, man. Sometimes it's, I'm listening. I will listen to Wu Tang, <laughs> <yeah>. Gangstar, <laughs> Cypress Hill. Oh yeah. But then,
0: like the next day, I'll pop in some R and B. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And then the next day, if I'm lifting weights, I feel a little bit more rough. Yeah. Then I listen to some Pantera. Yeah. You know exactly, what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll, I'll, we I'll, never I'll, get I'll, that heavy. We don't get that heavy. We get a little. We we'll
1: get. We we'll get. We we'll get. We'll change it up a little bit in there. And, uh, we'll yeah, you, know, some, put, you should rock. fill in some Pantera and yeah, yeah. and see how the feel is yeah. there. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, 7 a.m., that's not what anyone wants to do. But, <laughs> yeah, wake uh, you up yeah. like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, if easy. I've been awake for an hour and I'm, I've already test, tested the coffee a little bit, I might want to crank that up a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah. but not, not someone waking up on their way to work.
0: But. Okay, so when you open up a coffee shop, what are tell everyone behind the scenes the licenses the permits do you need to be certified in anything
1: cool. Uh yeah there's a lot man there's a lot going on there and uh, it differs city by city but um uh, here here in the state of Virginia in, in the city of Norfolk they they uh, they pretty much class us as a restaurant we're full full blown certified restaurants so with that like full food or food and beverage uh, health help like public health license. Um, you have to have someone that's certified as a, uh, like, federal level certified food manager, which I have. Um, and uh, they have to be on premise pretty much all day, um, depending on how it is, but or within distance, um, because just in case something crazy happens. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and... Even though it's, it's
0: basically you, because even though you're saying it's partnership with your brother, yeah, he's yeah. active he's duty. He's active duty, yeah. He's at work. Yeah so you're basically it's I'm, there yeah. I'm there a lot yeah man operation. a lot more uh, yeah,
1: and i mean we have we have a we have a staff of six um, okay. on top of us uh, there's eight of us total between my brother and I and uh during the height of things if, the winter time we we slow down a little bit and people go back to school and shit but uh um yeah man, it's definitely uh so that's a big certification you have to get um you have to of course go through your entire business licensing and everything else, but um. Uh, for the most part, yeah, it's the big the big uh, health inspection is the big one that they, they really care about a lot. Which is funny though, because honestly, we're we're, we're a coffee shop. We're not really serving too much food. We're, we serve some prepackaged pastries, um, but it's yeah, just I would coffee. just serve
0: like maybe a like a kind of a bagel or a nice breakfast yeah yeah sandwich, exactly call it a day, something right? easy.
1: And uh, but I think that really it really comes down to like because we have dairy. Um, that's the big like health health issue. Okay, now research wise,
0: when you do research, um, since this is your field. How did you go down one lane to figure out which where to go to get your coffee
1: who uh that's a good one man we um this is Santos's you know yeah, the yeah. topic wasn't yeah. Santos' podcast <laughs> I come out with some good questions about the heat questions over here <laughs> yeah coffee sourcing's huge man and we uh we've that's been a, a huge learning curve for us on on where to source this stuff and we kind of Came out swinging with, with who we were sourcing our coffee with. Uh, we started a partnership with um, our, our friends at Lineage Coffee down in Orlando, actually. We wanted to bring some hometown heroes of ours from Orlando up to Norfolk. And funny enough, the owner of Lineage, he, uh, he's a local boy. He's from Newport News, born and raised. And um, we kind of swapped hometowns a little bit <laughs> between Hampton Roads and Orlando. And uh, they're one of the highest accredited uh, coffee roasters in, in Florida, if not the East Coast and so, so your coffee bean is from florida it was yeah it was originally the coffee beans were getting roasted in florida uh, but they're from everywhere uh coffee coffee wheat um so fast forward we were using them uh for about a year and a half and then eventually we wanted to start roasting our own coffee and so we ended up uh getting a warehouse facility um, a couple blocks away a little three thousand square foot warehouse nothing crazy but pretty substantial size Still big, yeah. got an office space in there and everything but um and we started our own ro- roasting operation. And so now we're working with importers, and we're importing coffee from anywhere from Sumatra um, over there in the Pacific to the uh, Ethiopia, Kenya, regions of Africa, um, down Mexico, Brazil, uh, Colombia, everywhere in between, El Salvador. Um, we're, we're roasting out of everywhere. And now, you're roasting this coffee. Does that just...
0: Your shop, or do you roast coffee and other shops buying it from you?
1: Yeah, we roast uh, pretty much. The, the idea initially was to just kind of cut the middleman and roast for ourselves and roast for our own shop. And uh, we, we were able to scale that a little bit to where we're now wholesaling with a, a couple of different restaurants and breakfast joints in the local area. Um, so, well, that's yeah, we, cool. we roast about 200 pounds of coffee a week. Damn. Um, uh, honestly, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of coffee. Well,
0: talking about that, because I don't know shit about coffee. Yeah. Well, you're talking about roast? Ain't pour over. Yeah. I don't know what that means. True. Could you give me a definition? Because roast, mean, what are you roasting? Like yeah. I don't get that. What, what you have a yeah. certain
1: oven? Uh, what does that kind, mean? kind of, it uh, to a certain extent, I kind of look at it like it's almost like uh, to kind of give it a little glance into it. It's kind of like we we started out being a bar almost, where we we're serving liquor or beer from other people, and then we kind of started brewing ourselves. That's kind of the same aspect where uh, we started roasting our own coffee. So we started essentially we import coffee from other regions around the world that are in the coffee belt which is kind of the equator um and why is that because of the heat and humidity yeah it has a lot to do with with the the heat and then also you need elevation so you need mountainous regions Ah. Um, coffee goes in the mountains and uh and so they like um, which is why it's good in brazil yeah wetter climates with elevation elevated um, jungle climate yeah absolutely yeah perfect example of that and uh so and of course, coffee being a plant, uh, it's a bush that uh, it can grow up to like six plus feet. Almost it's a big, big bush. Damn, I didn't know it was a bush. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's it's almost like a tree. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a bush tree, I guess. But um, and it grows cherries because uh, so coffee, the coffee bean is actually. Not necessarily a bean; it's actually the pit of a cherry fruit.
0: Well, that's the thing. I was I was doing some um, research today. Yeah, yeah. And I was about to push out some fun facts. <laughs> coffee has been around since 800 AD. Yep. And coffee beans are technically seeds
1: yep they're the pit yeah the, this the seed yeah i was about to, to throw that but it's, it's let you it, know yeah. that's why i'm dropping wisdom <laughs> dropping wisdom is not a bean where the where, yeah. the, where, the, where the term bean come from then? i don't i i don't have a good answer for that honestly i've i've, I've always wondered that myself I, if you if you let, let me know santos if you find out all right i might I have, have to do some uh, more research on that one because yeah. i still doing it why is it a bean if it's a yeah, seed it's a seed it's the seed of a coffee cherry you can actually eat the cherry too it's pretty good it's it's a good cherry hmm. but uh yeah. So are you skilled? It's like I don't go to coffee shops.
0: I'm not a big fan of coffee like my wife is. True. Okay. So are you skilled in the in the um of putting the creamer in the cup and making it look like a leaf
1: or <laughs> yeah. some shit like oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm very you good. Do that at a lot? Latte, art. yeah. I am I'm uh <laughs> What's that called? I don't mean to toot, toot my own horn there, but I am one of the best in the area, I'd say. And I I, I say that with, with pretty good confidence. Um, but uh What different designs do you do? Uh I can do everything. I can do a little heart in there if you want, which is probably the simplest level, then you go elevate that to a tulip is what they call where it's kind of stacking hearts um and then you go to the, the 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 big crown winner which is the rosetta um which is where you get a lot of those wiggles and uh it, it looks real clean and crisp and that's kind of very traditional you see a rosetta presented to you you know you're in good hands you know that's the barista put a lot of effort into making a drink okay now this might be stupid questions because like i said i don't know is, do you need a certain type
0: of cream to do that design um th- i mean there's
1: there's levels to it if you have like, uh, can th- you do that with one percent
0: or does nah, it need to be like a cream nah, nah. you, 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 know what you can
1: you can but it ain't gonna be great you, you to gotta do thicker? it thicker with, with uh yes yeah, so we stick with whole milk um which which is great uh because it's not it's not cream for sure it's pretty healthy it's very healthy for you actually whole milk is it's great protein source um great natural fat source but uh we can do that with oat milk too i can do it with some almond milk um there's a lot of good alternative milks out there, but whole milk is definitely the best for texture, creaminess. Um, just it, it pairs really well with espresso and coffee. Okay, what makes what do you think makes your coffee shop stand out? Whew. Um, I think we uh, we present ourselves a little bit more different than everyone in the local area, and I would say a lot of other shops um, doing it nationally. Uh, we we definitely not a lot of the the kind of New wave of coffee shops that have come in the past five to ten years um, tend to be a little bit more cookie cutter. They're a little bit more crispy in there. They're, they're minimal, uh, minimal styling. And uh, so it's kind of a like, look at all the stuff we don't have in here. It's very clean in there, um, which is cool. It's great. It's, it feels good to be in a coffee shop like that. But we wanted to bring kind of a little bit more of like a darker theme, almost like kind of like a brewery, like a little bit of a darker, more, more, uh, um Uh, Industrial look to a coffee shop, so um, yeah, we're definitely not as uh, clean cut as a lot of the coffee shops that are out there right now, which uh, I think kind of brings a a crowd to us that um, of people that are kind of counterculture a little bit, a little bit more. uh, uh, We definitely get a lot more like tattoo clientele than like cookie cutter. I don't know people, but um, what's your most sold coffee? Oh, we uh, so we do. Um, every single week we change out our craft latte and we, this kind of comes from a couple of years that I was bartending for a while, um, uh, in some craft cocktailing bars. I wanted to bring something unique that stood out a little bit. And so we started out with, uh, of course being Florida boys. Um, we started out, we grabbed a couple cases of oranges, uh, Florida oranges, and we squeezed probably 600 oranges at one night, fresh orange juice. And then we took that, we boiled it down with some really nice cane sugar and made this, like, delicious orange syrup. Um, and we add that to our coffee. Uh, and so that kind of took off. And we're like, man, we should... On top of the cream. Yeah, the yeah, we put green, it... Yeah, we mixed within. it in with, with, with the, Ooh, the no. milk and the, the coffee. And uh, funny enough, like, espresso pairs really nicely with citrus, um, which kind of... I took that from bartending. I, I, I like Of course, a lot of cocktails, uh, you have to incorporate that lemon, that lime, that citrus... Um, acidity uh, met with uh, spirits, alcohol spirits like whiskey and it pairs really nicely and, and, and uh, alcohol kind of has a similar sharpness to espresso um, a little bit of like a bitterness and, and uh, like an acidity and so I was like man if, if, if citrus and, and, and whiskey and, and alcohol taste so good I'm sure espresso can taste very well with it so that kind of changed the game a little bit and then met with that milk, that high fat content uh, milk and cream um, that kind of balances out that acidity, um, with that sugar from the, the citrus and the espresso. And so it's kind of a very well balanced beverage. And so we took that and we were like, why don't we change it up every week? Why don't we get some other fresh sourced ingredients? And so we started doing anything from, we started getting a little crazy. We are doing like, uh, lemon sage and blackberry vanilla. And we were hand scraping vanilla beans that we imported from Papua New Guinea and, uh, doing, doing a lot of crazy craft um stuff and we're changing it out every wednesday every wednesday we drop a new craft latte and uh it was limited qualities so what's your favorite coffee favorite coffee um as far as region goes i love a good ethiopia i think ethiopia what's your least favorite um i don't think i have a least favorite i think that there's everything's a little bit different um I think everything has, like, its purpose as far as regions go. Every region tastes different, by the way. It's kind of like wine, where oh, okay, okay. everything tastes different. Um, but I think, like, Sumatra is kind of the underdog right now. They're kind of lower elevation. It's a little bit more of, like, a darker coffee. Um, it's a little bit more earthier. And uh, I think that that, um, that region's, like, coming up, and it's, it's, on, it's, on the, it's the underdog. It's coming up right now. And I think people are kind of seeking that out a little bit now. What so, do you think is the best roast? The best roast, medium roast, all medium day. Roasting. Yeah.
0: Now, why is that?
1: Um, I think it showcases a lot of uh, the hard work that these farmers put into growing coffee, and it can showcase how good you are at roasting coffee as well. Versus like a darker roast, you kind of yeah. lose a lot of those flavors and complexity of coffee because um, it kind of starts to get a little roasty. Um. And it kind of loses a lot of the natural flavoring that happens in coffee. And I think lighter roasts are a little bit too acidic. They're a little bit too bright. And um, they can you can almost get a little bit too turned off from those, especially new new consumers. So I think medium roast kind of it fits the middle, man. It fits, it fits right there where it's approachable enough for new customers to come in and enjoy it. And you still understand a little bit of that complexity of everything. Does each particular roast have a different type of caffeine level? Um... For the most part, most coffees are pretty similar in ca- caffeine levels, but then you do have, um, there's two main coffee plants, two, two main coffee varietals. There's, and I'm sure you've heard these terms, but like, uh, you probably hear like hundred percent Arabica, um, that's thrown around a lot. Um, so you have Arabica coffee and you have Robusta coffee, and those are the two main coffee plants and, uh, Robusta, um, meaning of course more robust, it's more acidic, more bright, um tends to have almost double the caffeine that Arubica has um, but it doesn't mean that it's better uh, robust is actually kind of the lesser coffee um, lesser quality coffee it can it, it kind of became popular in the 60s and 70s because it uh, it essentially is less susceptible to Um, while farming, like, parasites and insects and mold and other stuff like that, so it's easier to grow, and it produces more coffee, actually, more coffee everywhere. Hmm. So that got really popular, but it doesn't taste nearly as good as a ribca coffee, actually. Um, Okay. What factors can affect the quality? The quality of coffee? Um, I think a lot of that, that's a a pretty complex question, but I think um, the quality of coffee can be deemed by, like, one, the experience of the roaster that's roasting the coffee um, and what they're doing with it um, when they're roasting the beans. Uh, two, I think storage is a huge thing, like how you're I about your to coffee. say, dude. Um, is there an expiration? Yeah, there is. Uh, there's, there's definitely like, a, and, and for a long time, up until probably mid '90s, uh, people, of course, you go in a grocery store. Coffee can sit; it's a shelf stable item, and it can sit on the shelves for upwards of a year or two um, after roasted. But uh, it doesn't mean that it's at peak freshness. So we typically don't like to run more than like three months. Um, But uh, we definitely... What, uh, because it dries out or something? Yeah, it essentially starts to oxidize. Um, So it kind of starts releasing gases and it starts to just naturally uh, oxidize a little bit. It becomes a little bit more flat, I guess.
0: Where did you find like your equipment? Like what, and what kind of equipment do you
1: use? Uh, we use some really high-end equipment. We use uh, a lot of Italian manufacturers, German-manufactured equipment, such as uh, uh, the big one, uh, which anyone that's, that's into coffee shop culture will understand, uh, but La Marzocco as our espresso machine. That's kind of the, the, uh, the number one espresso manufacturer for high-end coffee. Um, they're kind of the OGs in it. They, they're old-school Italian. They still hand-make every machine um and we call it kind of like it's 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 a workhorse they don't break they're kind of like a toyota corolla where they just keep giving they're just they just keep pumping out and they pump out high quality coffee um and they just keep on going but um again still i I say toyota corolla but it's it's almost like getting a freaking uh porsche because it's it's handmade italian material um and so la Marzocco is definitely that's the workhorse of our coffee shop and it's done very good for us um and then we use like Malkoneg, which is a German uh, manufacturer that does uh, grinders and stuff like that for coffee.
0: You think um, in the future you'll be able to like expand and open up a shop at the beach, at Virginia Beach area? Yeah. Or do you, I know, I don't know, because you're like saying the way you said at the beginning of the podcast, you're like demographically ghent area is where it's at yeah so you wouldn't that's want to open sure. up a shop over here
1: yeah i mean and we we think about that a lot and uh we always kind of told ourselves uh especially both eric and i travel in the world with the military um i don't think we want to be we want to be destination um and so we we always talked about if we were going to open up another coffee shop it wouldn't be locally again from here like this will always be home base this has been fantastic for us but from here i think we'd like to go if we're going to open in america again a second store it would be dc uh, because of the international relations that 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 city has um and the exposures that is in dc and i'm assuming that's a lot of a uh, higher taxes than norfolk yes and uh a lot of just i mean just uh just the, the cost of, of living up there. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Rent, you name it. Yeah, everything's more expensive um, up there. But then from there, we'd like to eventually, who knows, uh, like we always talk about if we're going to open up, it's going to be destination stuff such as Tokyo, um, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty simple to do uh, these days. They, they really want American business over there. London. Um, major world cities. That's where we want to be. We want to, we want to be exposed to, on a global level, um, a, something niche, different, unique. All right. Anything else you need to say before I hit you with the Santo
0: signature questions? Oh, boy.
1: Uh, no, I, th- I, I think you're covering all the bases over here, man.
0: All right. Um, you ready? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. Do you think you've ever witnessed paranormal activity? Whew, every day. <laughs> every day? Every day.
1: No, 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 not every day. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I've seen some weird shit over the years, man. And if so, give
0: me the one story that sticks out.
1: Oh boy uh i'm gonna try to keep it short but uh we um whew, I got a couple for you, but i'm gonna give you I'm give you a good one so we're uh of course from from orlando area, and uh we back when we were kids we were probably freshmen in high school um our house flooded and uh so we moved out for a couple months while we were renovating stuff. We moved into my mom's best friend's house and she owned this eighteen seventies kind of plantation-style house uh, on a big acre property um, over there. And uh, she'd owned the house for years and years. It was one of the oldest houses in Orlando, Central Florida area. And it has an interesting history. Um, Back in the 20s, or maybe it might have been earlier, than that, like the early 1900s, um, the daughter of the homeowner uh, ended up getting pregnant out of wedlock. And the mother didn't like that too much. So here you have this pregnant daughter, Mother doesn't like it too much. She pushed her down the stairs, murdered her. Oh, her killed, her, killed her, yeah. She ended up dead, bottom of the staircase. And uh, this is later on enough to where there's newspaper articles published about this, everything else. No one truly knew if it was the mother or not, but everyone had their hunch. And, uh, but there's newspaper articles about this whole thing. And my mom's best friend decided it was a good idea to frame all these newspaper articles and hang them up. In the uh, stairwell. Well, that's the way to hear a case. In the stairwell, dude. And uh, she was a cat lady. She had like six, seven cats. And these cats, they'd go upstairs all day. They'd play downstairs, no big deal. But they'd only go upstairs. And then if they wanted to come downstairs, they wouldn't. They would sit at the top of the staircase, and they'd just stare at the bottom of the stairs. And they would never come down. And so you'd have to pick them up and carry them downstairs. And every time you pick them up and start carrying them, they'd freak out. they freak the hell out. And... Uh, Got a little weird, uh, kind of weird, weird stuff. A girl died at the bottom of the staircase. Everyone so knows you, it.
0: so your paranormal activity or, or cats acting weird? Yeah, I mean, they're staring, they're
1: staring, at the bottom of the staircase, man. There's a, there's a dead but girl. You never witnessed
0: there. anything from that.
1: Fast forward, dude. Okay. Uh, I lived in this house for six months, man, and a lot of weird shit would happen, man. The, the floor, it was all original floorboards in there. A lot all of, original, so there could be still blood in down there. Who knows, man? In there the hundred plus years, in the grains? Then. but uh. Woo! But dude, a lot of a lot of creaking footsteps at night when no one's walking around at the house. Like a lot of, I mean, I'm talking footsteps, and uh, that would happen. I would get. This is the only time this happened to me, by the way, Santos. But uh, dude, that the six months that I lived there, every single night, I shit you not, every night, right around midnight, maybe a little later, I would get a nosebleed. Just, Ooh, just, just that's a weird. Nosebleed. Yeah, and uh, and every single night, and the day I left that house, never happened again. What about your brother? Nothing. He would see weird shit. I mean, dude, the I'm just the, saying because twins yeah, might feel yeah, each yeah. other's shit. You know what I'm saying? Dude, uh, did he ever and, get uh, nosebleeds? Uh, he never got nosebleeds, but he would, uh, dude. There was one day where he was taking a shower. I was I was one of the only other people in the house, and he's mid-shower. Shower goes ice cold out of nowhere. It never never happened like that. And dude, I should you not nice Florida summer day, hot as hell in there. And we had all the windows open. Massive house. Massive freaking, like, I'm talking like Tom Hanks, Forest Gump, fucking plantation house. And, uh, dude, out of nowhere, all of the windows shut. Everything. Just everything shut. Ooh. And uh, can't explain it to this day. Weird yeah, shit. That is but, kind of a... Uh, yeah. You know, it's Weird stuff. Weird Full
0: weird body chills right yeah, there, right? Yeah.
1: It, was, uh, <laughs> it was definitely unique. But it was, yeah, it was an interesting time in my life. All right. right?
0: One man. more question. One more question. Do you think you ever witnessed, or you think you ever seen UFO or alien?
1: Oh yeah, man! I was military aviation. Shoot, All right, give me ago. the one that you think. Uh, uh, I don't know if I can up. talk about. It. I think I saw you can some talk ideas about, you. about that, but uh, you can that, talk about I uh... mean, that... <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing testing operations down at Edwards and uh, flying over Air- Area Fifty One and some other. The
0: government there. even changed the name from UFO yeah. to UAE. So yeah, exactly. You know.
1: But uh, but no, I mean, I would see. I mean, I wouldn't see anything too crazy, but. Uh, um, uh, I guess my brother's got stories for days, especially here in Hampton Roads, man. He was a Hilo guy, um, did a lot of night flying, and I don't know if you've seen the news and stuff, but there's been a lot of weird occurrences here in Hampton Roads, right off the Atlantic yeah. Coast, and he's definitely played part in that. And uh, yeah, he's seen, he can't even explain it, um, some of the stuff he's seen. But because I tell people, I've I felt like I've seen
0: one, but mine was when I was on my the Coast Guard ship, the Coast, U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Ford off the coast of puerto rico okay and it was a uh, uso because uh, when i was on helmet lookout i seen something moving in the water that was kind of like a aquamarine kind of glowing in the water circular yeah, yeah. like a disc and i mean to me that's what i thought it was this was 1996 true before the internet you know what <laughs> i'm saying but then later on you read that they believe that there's a um off the coast of Puerto Rico, there's like deep caverns, yeah, yeah. and all the locals think that see the same shit, and they but they believe that there's like an under like a a, a UFO base or UFO yeah. base deep in the caverns of Puerto Rico. Interesting, crazy shit, man. But yeah, okay. it's a it's a it's a. You, It's kind of hard not to believe Yeah, yeah You know what I'm saying?
1: I feel that, man and so. uh, Yeah, there's enough unexplainable things Especially nowadays happening Where, I don't know, it makes sense When the government changes uh, the, the terminology
0: You know something's fixed Yeah, exactly Like in the UAP It's unidentified aerial phenomenon all yeah. of a
1: sudden When well, it's like I have a lot of friends that are Extremely highly qualified aviators In the U.S. military Some of the highest advanced technology we have in aviation and engineering And when these guys can't explain what's happening, like, and what they're seeing, that's when you know something weird's happening a little bit. no doubt. uh,
0: All right, well, here's the end of the podcast. Please tell everybody your your working hours, your location, your website, your social media and everything so everyone knows where to go
1: and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Cobras Coffee, we're open seven days a week now. Um, We're open eight to four on every day except for Wednesdays and Sundays where we do a little shorter service. Uh, Sundays 10 to 2, and then Wednesdays we do a little 8 to 12, burn real quick. Um, we're op- operating out of uh, Historic Ghent, Norfolk, Virginia, over on 21st Street, 419 West 21st Street. And, um, shoot, I forgot the last question, last part of that. Social media account. Social media. Oh, uh, the biggest one to follow us on, Instagram. Uh, we're big Instagram heads. Um, we're posting stories daily on, on the happenings at the shop. And uh, yeah, Cobros Coffee. That's it. Just on Instagram. Facebook. Cobros
0: Coffee on Instagram. Hey, but you also have a Cobros account on Facebook. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but you're more active on the Instagram. Way more Instagram. Yeah.
1: Okay, but Facebook we keep up pretty well with.
0: All right, and this is Dropping Wisdom with Santos Podcast. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. Music. So please follow and subscribe. And please, if you go to see, um, get some coffee at Cobros. Get a nice Rosetta. <laughs> Got it. And if you say you listen to the podcast, he'll give you 10% off your breakfast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next time.